morning. My name is Jay Rosenthal. I'm the co-founder and president of the Business of Cannabis, and this is B of C Live for Thursday, May 21st, 2020. BFC Live is a video and podcast production of the Business of Cannabis since 2017 through our web, social, video, and podcast channels, as well as real-world and virtual events. We've highlighted the companies, the brands, the people, and the trends driving the global cannabis industry. We encourage you to explore all that we do at businessofcannabis.ca. Before we get to our conversation with Imran Khan from Detonate Cannabis Agency, we wanted to revisit an announcement we made yesterday about a new partnership with our friends at BDSA, formerly BDS Analytics. They are coming on board for Business of Cannabis as our official insights partner. On a weekly basis, we'll be getting deep insights into uh, consumers and what they're buying, where they're buying, how they're buying, uh, and all things insights. So we look forward to having them as part of the Business of Cannabis family. If you want to revisit a conversation we had with Liz Tahura, who is the co-founder and president of BDSA, I encourage you to go back into yesterday's feed and see that there. Some other announcements on Friday tomorrow, uh, May 22nd, Alan Brockstein at noon Eastern will join us. He is, of course, the 420 investor as well as the founder of New Cannabis Ventures. He'll be our Lunch and Learn guest talking about the state of cannabis investing, open to any and all questions please sign up on our website uh, for that. Next Tuesday evening on the 26th, we'll be back with a relaunch of our networking series, Cannabis Forward. On the 26th, thanks to a partnership with Robic, we will have a coast-to-coast retail perspective featuring Jeremy Jacob from Village Bloomery, Nathan Meisen from Fire and Flower, Laura Wood from Cannabis New Brunswick, and Mimi Lamb from Supret, as well as a presentation from the aforementioned Liz Tahura from BDSA. You can visit businessofcannabis.ca and our events page to find out more and to register as well. During that evening, there will be a lengthy uh, face-to-face virtual networking opportunity, so we encourage you to sign up today. Our sister publication, Report on Psychedelics, has two new podcasts out this week. First, their weekly briefing, but also a conversation with the folks at Bright Minds. As well, they have a webinar coming up on Thursday, May 28th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Check it out at reportonpsychedelics.com. As always, follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram to see the latest and greatest from B of C. Tomorrow on B of C Live, Zygmunt Stravchinsky from Potech Power Corporation will be with us about how to save money if you are a large energy user in Ontario, as well as a check-in with James Jesty of Friendly Stranger and Andy Palalis of Canna Cabana, because we are, even in the midst of a pandemic, we are in the midst of ramp-up of retail in Ontario, so we wanted to check in with them to hear the status of those two retail brands. As always, thank you to our partners, Cannabis at Work, Cannabis at Benchmarks, uh, sorry, Cannabis Benchmarks, and BDSA for their ongoing support of all things business of cannabis. If you are listening to this on podcast, we encourage you to like and review wherever you uh, hear this. Uh, It really helps the work that we do. Now, on to our conversation with Imran Khan of Detonate Cannabis Agency. Enjoy. Imran Khan, CEO of Detonate Group and Detonate Cannabis. You are everywhere, including right now on Business of Cannabis Live. Thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Quarantine uh, Live. <laughs> Quarantine Live. I like it. Um, you, it's hard to miss your work. And if people think they've missed it, they most certainly have not. 
in the sector, if they've been to a trade show, if they've received any piece of material from a licensed producer or a brand, somewhere along that chain, you guys touched it or produced it. Tell me if I'm wrong. I'd love to say that you were wrong, but uh, I somewhat say you're right. Yes, heavily. Yeah, well, yeah, I want to know uh, sort of that trajectory because um, when we started going to sort of trade shows, that's where I'll say sort of most noticeably, probably in late 2017, it was like everybody was using Detonate for their booths. That's what was most, you know, we were there the day before everybody's setting up and it was Detonate, Detonate, Detonate. I assume that I don't know where the business came from, but it's certainly ubiquitous now. Tell us about the journey from what you were doing at Detonate before and still maybe, and now Detonate Cannabis. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that journey because it's it's one of the parts that I think everybody sees, but may not know the full story. Yeah, you're right. Um, so it's you know the Detonate Group Inc. brand was just servicing corporate clients, uh, those in. Um, you know, for example, Mercedes, Scotiabank, uh, uh, Ontario colleges, we kind of worked in an array of verticals as we do kind of in cannabis as well. Now, um, you know, for years, we provided just standard print materials, a lot of trade show materials, you know, the pop up banners, all the, the kind of marketing requirements that these companies would need. We built an entire business off that off of um, a brokerage slash model that worked really well for end clients as we battled to get them the best pricing on the market. Um, and that really grew quite well over the years until uh, a friend of, of mine at the time was working in the corporate world, moved into cannabis. And uh, that was Amy Wasserman, which many people may, might know. Um, and she worked at one of the first licensed producers, Metrum, back then which uh, again, really started to get me into the cannabis world. And I thought it was super exciting considering that um, I had no idea what was really happening with cannabis in Canada and the medical market sounded intriguing. So why not start helping out the, the cannabis world? We kept on the, the Detonate Group brand for a while while working with that. Um, and then you know, a friend of mine from high school introduced me to Tyler, who started Lyft almost that same year, uh, was talking about putting on some sort of trade show, you know, uh, what kind of help we could provide. And that opened up the doors to the Lyft Expo. Um, from there, it just snowballed. I, it, it, it's quite amazing, um, you know, being a part of the show and with the show organizer that not only you start to meet people in the space um, who are maybe no longer here or, you know, now in roles at companies on a C level. So it's, it's been a wild ride uh, for sure. I've, I've enjoyed it for the past, what has it been now? Uh, 2017. So yeah, about, you know, three, four years, I'd say solid. Um, and we went through all everything from, medical cannabis to now recreational cannabis and everything in between. Um, we've seen companies uh, rise up. We've seen companies uh, fall. We've been a part of their fall. Uh, we've had to survive that with them. And it's been a challenge. Um, you know, a year and a half ago, roughly, we launched a Detonate Cannabis Agency, which is essentially breaking off our corporate customers from our cannabis customers. I think there was a lot of confusion 
uh, starting to happen in the space where people were saying to us, are you guys just a cannabis company or is that all you do? So, you know, I really had to, to segment that. And um, thankfully we did because it's, it's changed the game for us yeah. in terms well, of brands. You just, you just referenced the story. I don't know if you could have had better friends and higher places to actually serve your exact business, but, but Amy certainly uh, at her trajectory of where she has been and certainly the Lyft crew as well, growing with them was, you know, it, sometimes serendipity is the best business development. And in this case, it sounds like it was, but, but you've seen so much, right? You've seen the evolution really, even in that, what seems like in the grand trajectory of history, a relatively short timeline, but you've seen really the industry ramp up, grow tremendously, you know, even at the end of last year, um, downturns for sure. And now this, um, that's not easy in the best of times to sort of watch any of those things happen and be a part of it. How are you thinking about, the right now and the future, um, you know, in terms of uh, what I think people most know you for, sort of the, the booth setup, right, and the, and the beautiful design and setup there. But but thinking about how the the world is going to be shifting now and moving forward, how are you thinking about that within your business and how to serve clients? Yeah, it's a great question. I actually prior to COVID and this crisis, um, we started to see a little bit of a shift in events as a whole. I think, as you said. Um, everything has kind of happened for a reason with us. And, and um, sometimes the best of that is just by coincidence and sometimes by networking the people you know. But we started to pivot um, four, five months ago uh, on the event side, which is where a lot of people may have met us. I've started to see the shape of the industry changing from licensed producers who are a huge part of the event side with Lyft um, start to talk about you know, we don't really need to attend a show like this. It's nice to go to, but our focus is on other events, other uh, gated areas where recreational cannabis may be a big push for them. So, you know, I started to realize that that shift was coming. You know, a B2B show would be valuable for sure moving forward. Um, we looked at a whole bunch of slew of options for what that could look like for the future. And though COVID has taken place and really um, taking a chunk of our business away for, for the trade show. I'm actually okay with that for the next 12 months. Um, we've, we've been pivoting in house on some of the cores of our business, which were the print, um, fulfillment side, warehousing, basically creating a marketing arm extension for licensed producers as they are struggling with that side of their business. They need to focus on their core competencies, which are, you know, the grow, um, and everything inside their facility. I've seen some of these companies try to take on being printing companies, uh, being label companies. It's not working to their advantage and a ton of money is being spent. So we've taken what we do really well, uh, built that out and actually have a really cool platform where we've launched this past uh, two to three weeks that's being um, you know, accepted across the board from everyone we've been speaking to in the space. And this is to help retail and licensed producers. So that is probably, um, I, I don't know, again, with the COVID piece, it's, it's slowed a lot down, but it's also sped a lot up for us and a lot of shift and changes we needed to do anyway. So though I love events and I love trade shows and I love being a part of that, it will be sad um, over the next little bit that we won't all be able to meet necessarily face-to-face -face at an event like that but this is a short-term 
uh, pause yeah. for long-term gain. So yeah, it's interesting because uh, th that exact thing that you said about uh, accelerating some changes that you were already seeing, uh, we've seen that um, come into play. That exact phrase really on several fronts. One, um, consumers shifting to the legal market and buying online, like buying online, buying legal product, and buying it in huge quantities. We've seen that for sure. Uh, we've seen it from a regulatory perspective, like. You know, I don't know how far off in a general steady state it was going to be before retailers were going to be able to take e-commerce payments, but that is like sped up. We've seen it on um, on medical side. We had a lunch and learn with someone from a telehealth company. They've seen a huge ramp up in people accessing telehealth, accessing cannabis through telehealth, the demographics that they saw a shift early, which are, are more recently to like older and more female is like accelerated considerably. Like it's just accelerated lots of things very quickly. Even from our perspective, the idea that we are working with lots of people who um, realize now the value of sort of digital constant communication. I mean, that's not something we invented that has been going on for a long time and sort of filling mm -hmm. people's feed with very compelling content information. I mean, we've seen it across um, and kudos to you guys for actually seeing it earlier and sort of making that shift. Um, I, I want to ask uh, sort of shift a little bit because you've done mm -hmm. so much work. And I mean, you go to your website, it's like a, a who's who of sort of, sort of on the cannabis side, a who's who of cannabis for sure. Um, I don't want to make you pick between children that you love, but, but is there, yeah. are there one or two things that you said, you know what, that was just, you know, we were given the freedom to use our creativity to think outside the box and do something that was just, you know, that nobody had thought of before. Anything that comes back to your mind, looking back on, um, sort of that experience over the past couple of years? Oh, a couple of years. Uh, Pre-October pre, uh, 17th, there was some really cool pop-ups we helped build in the city for Aurora, which was for their brands Altivi and San Rafael, which is still doing mm -hmm. pretty well. Um, and that was a ton of fun. Um, I thought it was super creative, age-gated, of course. I'm sure they got a slap on the wrist about it, but those were the times where you could have a little venue downtown with, you know, consumers really learning everything about the brand and creating a brand. Um, and I really wish that those types of things still existed. I think um, though we have regulations and a framework that everyone needs to follow, consumers are having a hard time recognizing any brand in store um even stores are having a hard time explaining what you know you can't talk about necessarily features and benefits of the product but um or you can talk about its use i mean there's so many restrictions that don't help consumers these days and we're trying to um shrink the black market it again i think it's making it difficult but on the note of create creative projects that we've worked on um, you know, Hexo has given us some really cool freedom in terms of trade show booth um, and really bringing that to life. I think some of these companies that have given us the freedom, including people like Pure Sun Farms at this latest Lyft uh, Vancouver Expo, th the booth was awesome to be a part of and build. And I think um, some of these companies appreciate the value of that when some see it as Oh, I don't care. Just throw up a roll-up banner. But you know, when you look at the pharmaceutical world or uh, industries that are way further ahead in in trade show marketing, um, they see value in their brands being a part of something. 
Um, when the ones that say to us, we're not going to that show, we don't care. I, I think it says a little bit about them, but again, um, to each their own, I guess, yeah. in, the, in the LP world. Well, right? it's, it's interesting that you say that about Pure Sun and, some, and Hexo and some of the others, because I've uh, been obviously been to the sort of trade show circuit for sure. And there is, of course, the brand perception you're putting out into the world to consumers. But I also think with something that um, visible and that physical as well, that it says something to the, the company itself. It is the sort of the, the physical embodiment of a brand. When, it, when you hit the spot, it makes a huge difference, right? Like it, it, there's an internal yeah. sort of rallying cry as well. And I hadn't thought of that till I was, I was at that show and saw those, saw those installations. And it, it, it does make a huge difference externally, obviously, but internally as well as you try to rally troops around sort of what your brand promise is and sort of what, what you want to be in the world. Um, well, yeah. I, I've been wanting to talk with you for a long time because it is, it is nearly impossible to avoid uh, anything detonate cannabis, not that you would want to, uh, but, but, uh, but it really is, um, it's good to connect it. And I do wish you well as, as sort of the world unfolds. And, and I think I actually want one more question because um, while the world seems sort of like it's on pause and, it, and, and I think in many respects it is, we have seen within the context of this, even over the past sort of eight, nine, 10 weeks, new brands launch, new retail launch, the expected ramp up of, of retail in Ontario is happening slightly slower than I think many expected, obviously, but it actually is happening. I'm getting notices every day that new stores are opening. So, so I, I mean, it is that it's in that context that sort of the world is sort of paused, but in the industry, things are really happening. And I think they're really exciting. And I think we'll come out of this whenever that is a different place, certainly, but also many more retailers with greater scale, many more brands with greater scale and visibility. And I think within that, obviously, you guys are seeing opportunity. And I'd love to have you come back and sort of talk about those things. So I think your view of it is probably nearly as good as anybody's. Yeah, I, I think the retail landscape, just real quick, um, is going to be exciting over the next little bit. Um, you know, there's, there's a ton of stores opening. We need them badly. The licensed producers need them badly in Ontario to get their products out there. Um, and consumers need to start visiting stores on a regular. I think what this, this COVID crisis has really done for the cannabis space, for those who have been purchasing alcohol and cannabis, maybe we're doing it very slim uh, previous to this, or maybe we're heavy users. This has just increased that on a, maybe in the early, you know, first month of COVID where people are like, I'm going to be bored. I need something to do. I've known a handful of people who have just come to me to ask, where should I get stuff from? I'm like, OCS.ca or go to a order, click and collect, you know? And so they're starting to learn brands and taste, you know, vape pens and, and oils and the rest of it. So I think it's going to be exciting times for retailers over the next uh, six to 12 months for sure. It's like a personal cannabis laboratory people are exploring. Yeah, exactly. And there's so many products now, you know, know, for people who are just thinking I could just buy flour or just get pre-rolls. No, there's like edibles and hash and, you know. Yeah, and extracts. It's like a, it's a real thing now. And, and it, it's actually, it's funny you just said Pure Sun because we had on um, the chief commercial officer of the Ontario Cannabis Store. And she said their bestseller right when things sort of started shutting down at the end of March was Pure Sun Farms, like, you know, 30, 30, 30 milligrams, 30 grams. It's like people just buy, 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 buy. Like, yeah, it's crazy. 
yeah. that brand on the OCS when it came out just popped off. Yeah. You know, when you look at the patterns of what people are buying and brands on the OCS, some of the biggest LPs with the biggest bank accounts are uh, competing against smaller companies that are selling more. So it's it's uh it's unique to watch yeah it is well imran khan i really appreciate you stopping by and making time no stopping by you're home i'm home but let's just call it <laughs> stopping by i wish you luck exactly. as the time goes on and we look forward to having you uh having you on down the road appreciate it thank you so much thanks man talk to you soon